Tina Turner, everybody. Um, what a legend she is. I love that song. Welcome to another edition of Wise Words with Dan. Today, um, we'll be talking all things rugby league as we have the premier preliminary final coming up. Um, lots to talk about, lots to cover. George will be joining me today on the podcast to go through all the semi-final clashes this week, um, as well as reviewing last week's clashes. So let's get into it. Back. Hey, yo. Good, good. Um, yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Just work and lockdown. That's about it. So nothing, nothing too special. Working full time or part time? Um, I've just been doing like part time hours for a little bit, but I'm going to be looking at doing more hours like in the next couple of weeks. So, um, yeah, like before, obviously, we get released, so I can have a little bit of money to go out and enjoy enjoy everyone. Yeah, that's it, man. Um, yeah, so yeah, it's been a while since I've had you on the podcast, and I've brought you on today because I want to, because as you know. The finals is coming up this weekend in the NRL, as well as the AFL Grand Final on Saturday. So it's a big, big week of sport, probably just as big as Grand Final week um, for the NRL. So, yeah, I want to get your thoughts and opinions on um, this week's games, starting off with Manly versus Rabbits on Friday night. What do you make of it? Um, oh, look, it's probably going to be one of the toughest matches um, around. And, yeah, I just think um, like with the way Manly's been playing the last um, few weeks and all that, so I think, um, I don't know, like obviously I think Rabbitohs will, will get the win. Um, but, honestly, I can't count out Manly the way that you know, obviously they lost the, the in the first week of the finals against Melbourne, but like Melbourne are obviously another class above uh, everyone else at the moment. But if I if I realistically had to go with um, a, a team to win, uh, I, I look, I'd say Rabbits to win because I think just with the halves and 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 their go forward pack, I think they've just got a little bit more experience. Um, but never count it merely. Because uh, actually, I was reading a, um, I was reading a um thing on uh, the news today, and every prelim final that Des Hasler has played in as a player or coached, he's never lost. So oh, wow. take yeah, take that what as you may. But. Uh, yeah, look, it's going to be one of those fascinating. I, I think out of out of the two games this weekend, I think that's going to be the probably the more fascinating one. Just yeah. with, and then a day, whichever team rocks up and holds the ball and defends well, I think will win the game because both of them can attack. So I don't see the attacking game being the issue. It's going to be more the um, defensive. Do you feel like it's going to be another Parramatta versus Penrith game? Of what we might see on Friday night. No, I, 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 the way I see it, it's going to be high scoring, but it'll be a close gap, but it'll be a high scoring game. Yeah. Like it'll be like, combined, it'll be over 80 points, I reckon, combined. 
Wow. Yeah, well, they, they've got... We'll just stand up. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people have questioned whether or not Manly are... I've gone all the way considering their loss against Melbourne Storm, um, yeah. which Melbourne Storm beat them by a decent amount. Um, but yeah. like you class above like anyone else in terms of how they yeah. how well they've played this season. Um, do you think that will affect the mindset Manly coming into the, um, this week's game? No, I, I think I think for them it's more or less just you know, another point to prove um, people that probably doubted them, uh, you know, the start of the season because obviously Tommy Turbo, uh, he was obviously out for that first sort of um, month or just over a month of that footy where, you know, mainly couldn't win a game. I think they were like zero and four after five rounds, I think it was. So um, once Toby did come back, they obviously started winning games and they performed. So their their attack is heavily reliant on Tommy Turbovich, but ultimately I don't see if Tommy, uh, I don't want to sort of, I don't want to sort of cause a curse or anything like that. But if Turboy, if Tommy Turbo Turbovich goes down with any kind of injury and he's out for the game, I don't see him mainly winning at all. Yeah, I feel like that's the case, you know. They're they're, they're probably the biggest, I'd say, one-man team out of the remaining four. And I actually think Tommy Turbo, if he wasn't in the squad for the whole season, I think Manly wouldn't have made the top eight. Well, you saw how much Tommy Turbo made last week against um, Penrith. Penrith. Yeah, yeah. Last week, Manly? Shit. No, no, they, um, no, it wasn't Penrith. Penrith had the oh, week sorry. off. Penrith had the week off. <laughs> Who did they play last week? Uh, I'll bring it up for you. Because uh, I know, because it was Roosters and it was Roosters and Manly. So Manly oh, played yeah, Roosters. Sorry, Forty-two. Man- Penrith had the week oh. off. So do you know how the do you know how the finals work? Do you know how the finals work, Daniel? I had a bank But yeah, you saw how much of an impact Tommy made yeah. against the Roosters last week. Was it two yeah. tries? Two. Ah, uh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. From memory, yeah, it was. Um, but you know, I, I think it was just. A, I think you got to give credit to the Roosters where where it's due. I mean, obviously they've had. Um, significant injuries, long-term injuries, and um, retirements as well. So, um, Trent Robertson has to be praised for what he's been able to achieve with that club uh, this season. Oh, um, to even, to even get sixth position, I think that they've done an amazing job. Uh, but I don't know. See what happens with them next year. But yeah, I mean, mainly, like I said. Oh, I don't see him being beating Souths, but look, it's finals. Anything can happen. Yeah, that's it. Um, yeah, but like going back to the Roosters, they've had a phenomenal season. Like having star players out, like um, Brett Morris, season-ending career. Um, Same as his brother Josh and Josh as well. 
Oh, um, actually, you know, Josh you know, have, game. Sorry, yeah, yeah. Like um, as well as a, one other player that retired. Well, well, Luke, well, Luke Carey was gone for the season after I think around four. Uh, Boyd Corner retired. Yeah. Jake, uh, uh, Jake Friend retired. Um, yeah, so, like yeah. for a club to go through that much mentally, it would impact the play. The resilience and the toughness of the Roosters to decide to make it that far, to make, to do as well as they have and overcome all that yeah. just shows what kind of team, club they are in terms of, you know. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, you, you just know that they're a good side. Like, you know, it, it, it doesn't come down to um, having staff. Well, players. it's not just players that are on the roster, but it comes down to the coaching staff and the admin staff that work for the club. That's what winning culture yeah. is all about. And there's some other teams that obviously don't have it as yet. Um, but obviously I hope that they will one day. Um, to be honest with you, in my lifetime, I don't see West Southern's doing anything until I'm six foot under in the grave. But anyway, that's <laughs> a different, different to- to- topic for a discussion for another day. But if you look at the consistency of Roosters over the last um, 10 seasons, you know, they've made grand finals, they've won grand finals, they've lost grand finals, but they've always been up there. They've always been that team that you go, Roosters are Roosters are basically a uh, automatic uh, fixture, you know, in that top eight, uh, whether it be top four or top eight, for example. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see what... Um, Trent Robbo does for the next season with the recruitment and retention and all that and um, see what kind of players he does bring along from other clubs because unless he's got a couple of people in, um, you know, in reserve grade that didn't really get an opportunity this year, although they actually did because of obviously with the amount of injuries, but it's given them ex- exposure like Sam Walker. Um, I've got another hooker that was playing literally Ron Massey Cup this season. Uh, played, I think, two or three games for um, for Newtown and then was called up the first grade. So, you know, like that's sort of the depth of quality that that Roosters do have. And Trent Robinson is, is a very keen observer of going to these games and even lower to Ron Massey to see what plays he can potentially bring in to the fault if there was an eventuation of injuries or... You know, with obviously the concussion protocols, a lot of these players are going to be having to sit a lot longer out than, you know, usually that one to two week period. So, That's I think right. he, I think him and his coaching staff need to be uh, applauded. Um, James Tedesco went away with the um, uh, the Jack uh, the um, Arthur beats a medal for best player of the year. So I don't see it to be anyone else but him. Um, he pretty much carried that team through yeah, as well uh, uh, through the yeah, time. Great, 100%, 100%. So, um, but as I said, they're not they're no longer part of the uh finals, so hopefully they can sort of still feature next year. But see what happens with them. What do you make of Parramatta Eels? Like the past few weeks, you know, a lot of fans have been disappointed in their performance, but mm. last week's effort against Penrith, I think it's just, you know, it's, it's gained a lot of their fans' respect in how they play. Um, Good yeah. enough to win that game. I mean, 
I'll, I'll be honest with you, I didn't watch too much of the game. I did catch a lot of the highlights though of what 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 happened during the game and 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 all that. So I mean, it was obviously close in scoreline, and you know, some people were saying maybe Penrith, um, sorry, Parramatta deserved to uh, win, but at the end of the day, um, Penrith got Penrith got the win, and they're in that position of uh, of that one game a win away from a grand final. So, look, to be honest with you... Brad Arthur safe now? Look, look, I I think he's still... I think he will still be there next year, but it depends on... If they do make the top eight, it depends if they... uh, If they end up um, losing that first week where they get knocked out, you know, in that sixth... uh, You know, from five down to eight position... Uh, I don't see him being there beyond next season, or obviously yeah. twenty twenty three onwards, because he has been there for a long time. He's built that roster. He's got the backing of of the board. He's got the backing of um, other staff around him, and he's brought in the relevant people to try and help them win a premiership. Yeah. And um, I just don't yeah, see them. Got got the the, I, I just don't see them having. They've never had the caliber. Of players to to go that one step further to like a grand final qualifier or um, to make a grand final. Um, I, I, you know me very well. I absolutely despise Parramatta um, with a passion. I just yeah. think, I just think their club stinks and reeks of crappiness. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> but um, yeah, I. Their their playing roster is not – it's top eight worthy, but it's not grand final winning. Do you, think, do you think they just need one star player in that squad? Well, they've got Mitchell Moses. Apparently, Mitchell Moses is their superstar, so, and they've got Clint Coverson. So I don't see why you can't – why they couldn't build a, a grand final caliber roster around them. So I don't know what it is, whether it's – Players like Ryan Madison, who was obviously at a grand final winning Roosters team, went over to West Tigers. You know, obviously, how that worked out. Um, then he's obviously gone to Parramatta thinking that he was able to help them make a grand final win one. So that obviously hasn't worked out for him. So the players that they've got in, yes, they're good, but they're not that grand final standard quality that you, you see from Melbourne or you see from Roosters in the last few years. So Agreed. Um, yeah. That grand final window is definitely closing is closing very, very, very fast. And to lose Blake Ferguson, um, he won't obviously be re-signed beyond this season. So, again, that's another big loss, I'd say. But defensively, he has lacked in that position. But he is definitely a try scorer. And if he can get an opportunity at another club that will, you know, has been weakened on the, on the wings or has struggled to score tries... Uh, I, I would see him being a player to definitely look at, but I wouldn't pay anything more than say five hundred thousand dollars for for Fergo. I think if you pay anything more than five hundred thousand dollars, you'd you'd be laughing at yourself as to why he lost his value a bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, he he's getting on in age. He yeah. still has that quality about him, but it's the way I see it. You look at value for money. You look at stats over what a player's worth. So 
that's where Parramatta need to really think about, you know, is now Brad Arthur still the man for us to, to win us that grand final? Probably not. But he's done exceptionally well with all the dramas at the club, with all the money uh, stuff, with all the um, salary cap crap. And, yeah, just, I mean, he, he's not he's not a bad guy. It's just that I'm not a bad coach. It's just I don't, that roster was never grand final caliber. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that is true. And to, be, honest, to, the... to be quite fair, they they should have lost against Gold Coast. Well, in yeah, that, yeah. In that, um, in that um in that game when they were playing against Gold Coast, realistically, they should have they should have never played that game. Oh no, sorry, they played against Newcastle. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, that was um, Newcastle. <laughs> it was Roosters and Gold Coast. Sorry about that, but yeah, yeah, like you, no one expected. Like everyone expected, you know, um, yeah, you like, like to me, I saw, you know, the last few weeks, Parramatta underperformed against top sides, and then heading into the final, I'm like, okay, you know what, Parramatta, yeah, yeah. you know, they're not going to make it that far. The only, the only team that they've ever beaten throughout the regular season that was in the top four was Melbourne Storm twice, twice, and people are saying if. You know, Parramatta got through Manly um, and made it to play Melbourne this week instead of Penrith. That like Parramatta would have that number because they beat they were the only team to beat Melbourne Storm twice, like he said this season. Yeah. Um, going back to the going back to the game against um, Penrith, Parramatta yeah. versus Penrith. Yeah. You didn't watch much of the game, like you said. I didn't watch a lot, but I watched a lot of the highlights and I watched some of the footage back. And I think I know what you're going to ask me, but go ahead. Oh, yeah. But do you think um, the referees and the bunker kind of ruined that match? Um, Look, you know, because during the season, you know, the, obviously there has been conjecture with when the bunker should come in to look at certain decisions or decisions that were never made and, and, you know, that technology is obviously there to help the referees if if need be. Um, the way I saw it was that um, he was definitely, Mitchell Moses was definitely put held back um, by uh, Jerome Luai. Uh, that should have been a definite penalty. Um, but ultimately, I actually agree with that the bunker shouldn't, uh, did not intervene or did not give a recommendation to the referee to tell him what had happened. Um there's a reason why you have touches on the sideline. Um, and there's a reason why you have that referee on field as well. So I feel as though if the touchy never saw it, yeah, move on. Um, you know, the, the, the touchy's job is also to look at any discrepancies or any foul play in the lead up to a certain play as well. But I feel like the I feel like the touches don't even do that anymore. Um, they just there to wave a, wave a flag and get paid for it. So I I do agree that the bunker um, didn't get involved, which is which is the right thing because the bunker should only be there to uh, adjudicate, you know, whether a try has been scored or not. I I agree with that, um, but there is conjecture with that in terms of 
where a hand is on the ball, how much pressure, how much control do they have? Yeah, and um, um, yeah, so I just did. Um, so apparently, in the, as well in that game, I was watching um, mm-hmm. the train. One one of the players would from um, yeah the Penrith been injured in the being injured trainer, and stopping the clock. Yeah, yeah, and the trainer stopping the clock, and it turns out he wasn't that badly injured. Actually, um, he was because later I actually um I think he broke his ankle. Yeah, but do you so, think yeah. it was fair for the like? Since when do trainers have that authority to stop a game? You know what I mean? And I think a lot of people were complaining over that stoppage because Parramatta had all the momentum at the time against Penrith and they were on their 10-metre line and the trainer just ran out, ran out on the field and stopped the play there and then. Um, there, there is conjecture with that and I, I do know that the club has been fine and that trainer has been suspended for the rest of the season. Um, yeah. I did think that that was kind of a bad look in terms of they're trying to stop in the game at that point in time, and obviously how far away that player was from the from the play. But this is where the underlying rule that the refer- that the trainers have been given that green light to, or the or the coach to tell the coach downstairs to then relay the message to to stop play or tell the referee to stop play, um, I I don't agree with that. And I think there should be an overhaul where the trainers should not be on the field whatsoever at any point in time on the field of play. The only time that a trainer is to be adjudicated to come on the field is when the referee stops, it, stops the play and sees that, an, that there is a player injured. Okay? Yeah. Um. Or is in the line of uh, a play being active in within like a ten meter vicinity. If it's beyond a ten meter vicinity, like twenty meters, thirty meters, I'd say play on, because yeah, yeah we're making the game faster, and I think it's been good with the six again rules um, and certain changes to um, getting rid of the scrum in certain certain settings, but. This is now going to be a conjecture over the over the off season and obviously into preseason. Um, I actually don't think the the trainers should be on the field whatsoever at any point in the game. The only time that they're allowed to be on the field is if the referee stops a play that they see a player injured, um, and it's serious enough serious enough to be called on. Okay, uh, or obviously when a try has been scored. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I agree. Um, yeah, yeah. No, but like in saying that, despite all that controversy, I do believe overall Penrith won at Fern Square. Um, the defense was outstanding. Both defensively, yeah. Parramatta and Penrith were like well and truly on. Um, so yeah, uh, I do still believe, even all, after all that, you know, whatever the outcome was, Penrith yeah. do deserve that win. Um, yeah, yeah. So going to talking about this week's preliminary finals, we've got the grand final rematch from last year with Penrith facing the Storm. Um, who do you see winning this outcome? To make it into the NRL grand final, I'm gonna look. To be honest with you, I, I seriously want Melbourne 
Um, I've been wanting Melbourne to win another back-to-back grand final. Um, to obviously, uh, you know, uh, mirror image what Roosters did as well. Uh, back-to-back yeah. grand finals, and it's not hard. It's not easy to do. Um, but Josh had a card back from his injury. He's looking, looking nice, looking fit, um, looking happy, relaxed. And I honestly, I the way that Penrith played against Parramatta, and that would have taken a lot of out of them because they haven't had that week's break where you thought they expected to have that week's break. Um, I I think you're going to see the best Melbourne Storm performance probably in their 20 year history uh, on that on that night on Saturday night. Yeah. Do you believe it will be a close game or be one-sided? Nah, nah, it'll be definitely one-sided, but it'll it'll at least be a three or four try um, distance between both teams. Yeah, but I still feel that Melbourne are going to win and win pretty convincingly, uh, unless Penrith decide to, you know, injure half the freaking team and they don't obviously play, then that's the only way I see them winning. Honestly, I don't see anyone else. Um, I don't, don't, honestly, I don't see this Penrith team beating Melbourne. I think the best best chance that that Penrith had to beat Melbourne was last year's grand final and they capitulated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon so as well. Um, so, so yeah, I, I, I'm on the same boat as you. I, I reckon it will be a one-sided matchup with in Melbourne beating Panthers convincingly. Um, so yeah, I, I reckon with the first game, Bunnies versus Manly. I think you're right. That game could go either way, but I think I do believe because of the week off that Bunnies have had. It favours them more than Manly. So I do believe, like, Bunnies will probably just scrape through. Um, So, yeah, I do predict, like yourself, George, that it will be a Melbourne versus Rabbitohs grand final. And if that were the case, are Rabbitohs... Can Rabbitohs match Melbourne? Uh, I mean, the last couple of times I did play them this year, they did at times, but... I don't see them matching of 80 minutes. I think the only if if South were to obviously win and obviously Melbourne to win to make the grand final, um, if Souths are going to have any chance at winning that game, they would have to at least start very, very clean, very fast. Um, uh, get Cook on the ball quickly. Get Reynolds obviously involved, um, obviously from the get-go. Inglis needs to be... Um, you know, he, he has to have things go his way for for sorry for Latrell um, to for for them to play well because I think if Latrell or the team doesn't play well, Latrell does get frustrated. And we, we've seen that when he actually sorry he's not even playing. L- I yeah, I, was say, Latrell, I just realized for a second. Sorry, um, <laughs> Latrell's but, out for the season. <laughs> sorry, yes, <laughs> but that's the thing with Sias is that. Cody Walker, if things don't go his way as well, um, I find that he does get 
easily frustrated, distracted, and the players sort of lose sight of what the halves are trying to do with them. Uh, yeah. Whereas you look at Melbourne, all right, you know, even if one player gets a little bit frustrated, um, he he doesn't dwell on it. He just goes, okay, I've made I've made a, a, an error and you move on from it. And that's a professional mindset that Craig Bellamy has had installed into that system uh, since day one that he's been at that club. Um, and every player that he's had under his wing, yeah, it took him a few years to get the mould right because um, obviously they didn't win a grand final under him until, you know, in that, uh, I think it was in 2007. A seven. Seven, but obviously they got taken off because of salary cap issues and, and all that. But yeah, that first grand final under his stewardship, uh, you could see that he was building something, whether it was obviously the current generation at that club or... In, in the next few years, you like you always go, oh, not, like losing Cameron Smith, losing Cooper Cronk, losing Billy Slater. You thought, oh, it's going to be like a three or four year rebuild to get back to where they are, but it's just been consistency over so many years. Um, mm. It's almost like a world old machine that will never ever die. It, it, that is very um, true. Just. Yeah, I don't see. I, I don't honestly. I don't see Pen. I, I think Penrith played their grand final against Parramatta. Yeah, I believe that too, and I believe, especially it was a brutal game, and you know, like as well, like as Penrith not having the week off in Melbourne as well, yeah. favoring Melbourne. Yeah, on top of that, but yeah, I just, I, I honestly believe that as well. Like, I don't see. I don't see Penrith matching up against Melbourne. That's for sure. Yeah, um, maybe may, they, like last season. Yeah, Penrith were a much better team, but like this season, you can tell just the way Melbourne have played throughout the whole season. Even matching like what were they fifteen wins in a row at one point? Was it? Uh, yeah. So I th- think they were going f- well. They equaled Eastern Suburbs' record of seventeen. Uh, 17- uh, wins, yeah, like back in '75 or '76. This is the best Melbourne team we've ever seen. You know, in terms of like wins and losses, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of on paper, it's probably not the best. But it's post Crunk, post post the three, yeah the. The big three, as everyone likes to call them, it's probably the best performing uh, Melbourne team in, in uh, I think, since that era. Since that era. And a lot of people, including myself, thought, okay, maybe after those guys pass on, Melbourne yeah. might not be the same team. They'll be a good team, but they still they might not be up there. But, mm. they, you know, they've proved us all wrong. So, yeah. I think the only way that you're going to see Melbourne be in that range of like just making top eight or just outside of the eight is if, if and when Craig Bellamy decides to leave. To leave, uh, yeah, he's got such a massive influence because he, he will either go to another club or, he'll or he may just say, "Look, I've done everything that I wanted to do in the game, um, and retire, or take up another role in another club and just do like consultancy um, roles, which is fine." Um, that might be something he wanted to, wants to do in the future, but... He's like the Sir Alex Ferguson of 
Oh, look, look, I'll be honest with you. I think in terms of the rugby league circles, Jack Gibson's good. Jack Gibson for me is still the best coach in the rugby league history ever. Two is Wayne Bennett and three is Bellamy. But I really do think if if Melbourne Storm do make another grand final and win it, and it's all like legitimate and obviously like that, I actually think he surpasses Wayne Bennett as a great as probably the second greatest coach in NRL, like in the NRL era, but also rugby league history overall. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I still think Jack Gibson's your number one because I oh, didn't win as many grand finals as, you know, you could say as Craig Bellamy to a point, but it was a different era back then. So I think the coaching style was a lot different to what it is now and player performances and, and the way it is all science-based. Um, so I'll look at it as that as well. So, Yeah, yeah. No, I, I see it the same way too. Uh, Bellamy's definitely for sure, like, he's up there. He's, he's up there for 100%. I, I, I feel like Craig Bellamy needs to at least win a couple more grand finals, possibly with an if, – if he, if he can win a grand final with at least one or two other – other rugby league clubs in the NRL era, then I would definitely say that he's better than Jack Gibson. But at this yeah. present moment, because he's only done it with one club, you don't believe he's got that credential. And, and I, it's hard to see what he would do with another franchise or another club. Yeah. Um. Obviously, he he's not going to go that new. He's not going to go to the to the new Brisbane expansion um club. That's not going to happen. But. It would be nice to see if he were to take up another role, say at you know like a Brisbane Broncos at one day or a Sydney team, for example. Um, yeah, to see where, what he he could bring. Sort yeah, of thing. But yeah. That's obviously his call, and see I, I feel like he's not going to leave Melbourne. I feel like he's. To me, I feel like he's going to retire at Melbourne. You know, you know, Melbourne will like that. They won't let him go. I'm telling you, they'll do whatever they can to keep him. Yeah, that's just. But my ultimately, opinion. I think the Melbourne Storm club um, ownership and obviously CEO and board and all that. I think they will give. They will let Craig Bellamy do what he what he wants to do in yeah. terms of coaching. If he wants to remain as coach, yes. If he doesn't, then it's his choice. Um, I feel as though he's built enough of a reputation and a stamp on that club for him to make his own choices rather than having having it dictated by other hierarchies. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. He's earned that respect enough to, you know, he's accomplished what he's had to. Yeah. Of that. Um, so yeah, I want to talk a bit about the Daily M Awards. So we've got another Daily. We had part one. On yeah. Monday, and part two, I believe, is it tomorrow night? Yes, I believe so, but I didn't even watch the first one. Um, it was yeah, one that... of the lowest ratings ever. Um, I think only about 48,000 people watching on Foxtel. Um, yeah, it was a shit format, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, but plus, yeah, I don't agree with the format, but I also think it's just poorly run, um, especially in the last few years. I think it's the most poorly run award show that you could ever watch. I was saying to myself, um, am I watching the Daily M's or am I watching NRL 360? Because that's what I was... <laughs> oh, no, I just felt like I was watching like a like a year 12 form without 
dancing in without students. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, pretty much. But yeah, I want to ask you, with Daily M Awards, I want to ask some of your predictions. Yeah. Takes it out. Who wins the... The Daily who, M? Who wins the Daily M? Uh, Tommy Turbo. Yeah, I'm, I was going to say the same. Tommy Turbo, 100%. If he doesn't win the Daily M, then this whole thing, then, you know, this whole thing's corrupt. Like, out of any player, he literally carried Manly... I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash for this, but he's carried Manny on his back to the semi. No, but a lot of people will agree with you in that respect as well. Like half pairing with Foreign not being Foreign hasn't been injured all season uh, from memory, and Jerry Evans has only been out when he's played Origin or been rested. So um, they've had continuous. Um, halves pairing, so they haven't chopped and changed. They haven't had a lot of injury tolls when it came to the key personnel, apart from obviously Tommy at the start. But yeah, like yeah, I think in terms of this season, I think he's been the most dominant player in in, in, yeah. in out of any um, club. Yes, um, coach of the year. Um. I think, it, I think it will be Craig Bellamy, but I think that they'll probably go with someone else. So I think it's either going to be, I think possibly Wayne Bennett or Trent Robinson, but it could also be, um, I'd like to actually see, i actually like to see the uh, Gold Coast coach if he was nominated. Oh, really? If he was, oh, I don't know if he's nominated or not, but definitely Gold Coast coach. Um, for me, for me, Hands down, Trent Robinson. Just the way he's had overcome so much controversy, so so much shit of this season of losing club legends, and like how he's handled himself and how he's carried helped um, carry the team into the finals is a credit in itself. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like, and you saw Roosters. You know, they don't go down without a fight. And yeah. despite everything that's going on. But, yeah, so that that's my opinion. Um, but, yeah, so, like, so I think in terms of predictions, I do believe as well will be a rabbit, Rabbits versus Melbourne grand final. And I, I'm with you. I do believe Melbourne will win back-to-back. Um, you know, I really don't see anyone stopping Mel- this Melbourne side. Um you know, I know rabbits can match him, but I just feel like Melbourne would have that edge. Um, me personally, um, I I do hope rabbits go all the way, especially for Reynolds being his last season at the club. Yeah, and being a Tiger supporter, I'd like to see Benji Marshall have another ring to his finger. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. So, oh. To talk about this, going off topic now from finals, I want to talk a little bit about the West Tigers. I know that. Oh, I feel like that's another podcast altogether because I don't think we got enough time. <laughs> we can talk about it for like five minutes or so. Yeah, it's fine. Um, what... I'm not fast as your your thing, so. <laughs> so, um, Maguire, are you happy he's staying? I think it's the right choice. Um, you know, in. Obviously, in the media, you know, they came out and said that on the Monday uh, afternoon, about four four thirty, that there will be a, 
a board meeting or a Zoom meeting regarding regarding his uh, tenure at the club, and um, all reports are going to be like, well, he's basically gone. Um, but that was cancelled at the last hour, pretty much, and obviously said that they'll look at some further information and get some further clarity in terms of, uh, you know, what their decision will be um, at a later time. We obviously didn't know what, what time that would be. But lo and behold, 24 hours later, uh, media release came out and said that he's been retained for that for for next season, which I think it's a it's a very very positive move for the club. Um, but in saying that too, um, I think the whole the way it was managed, the whole management of the club um, needs to ha- need to hang their heads in shame. Um, the Pasco, the CEO, needs to go. He needs to be sacked immediately, or somehow be removed from his from his post. I think also the board needs to have a look at themselves as well, um, based off obviously with what their view of it was, um, whether they wanted to keep him or whether you know that was obviously going to be another option. Um, we've been hearing that Cameron Sor- Cameron Sorella was obviously targeted, uh, but he was obviously going to wait till the end of the grand final and make that decision. But I feel as though West Tigers needed to make a call. Um, as soon as they can, just to get that, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, preseason starts at, towards the start of November. So you're looking at about the first or second week of November. Um, that's when preseason set, uh, trading starts. And obviously, the new recruits that they're going to have coming in from overseas and um, potentially maybe a couple more uh, during the preseason or before the season does kick off. Um, but the, this club as a whole um, is is probably the most unprofessional, unorganised uh, rugby league club that you could ever have in, in a game of rugby league. Um, I don't see anything positive to come out of that joint. Um, but again, I'm on that. I'm not in that position. I'm not within the inner sanctums of the club, so I can't really comment too much about what goes behind closed doors. Yeah. But I feel like there are they're, they're just people there that have no rugby league mindset or skill about where they who they want to be, where they want to be, um and who the the who who they want to attract because you've basically got three home grounds. Um you based your training base at Concord in the inner west of Sydney. And that's not where your market is. Um, Campbelltown's your market. Your junior base is in there. Um, but I've been seeing on Facebook um, over the school holiday period that South Sydney will be hosting um, some virtual Zoom um, clinics online with um, kids in the Campbelltown, MacArthur area of those junior clubs. So... You know, take that as you may, but that's why I feel about the club. The club yeah. is just basically a basket case. Um, I, I actually feel like Pasco and Lee Hatchipentelis, the chairman, should immediately resign from their post um, and just mm. never be in existence of rugby league ever again because Pasco was at Penrith before coming to us and it's now taken Penrith all this time to basically get to where they are now 
I wanted to ask you about Tim Sheens. There's been rumours about him coming back and having a role in the West Tigers. Well, there's no rumours he's been confirmed of having a role, but he's a coaching director's role. So he oversees the pathway program within the club, as well as assisting Madge with identifying the current squad and what pathway program he'll be implementing um, into the, into the squad, whether it be from a junior base, or obviously into a senior level. So, but apparently he wasn't even in that meeting as well about the major's decision as well. So, I don't know how much say Tim Sheens is going to have within the club based off management. Yeah, I really do hope that Sheens does get enough influence there to back Madge, back what he's trying to do. Um, do you believe he, he's the answer for the club? Tim Sheens, in terms of pathways, I'd say yes to a point, but he's not the overall answer. He's one puzzle in a thousand-piece puzzle at the West Tigers because I don't think he's the solution. I don't think Madge is the solution to a point. Um, but Madge is there to do the job, and I think he's the only one apart from Tim Sheens, that cares about this club as much as he does. Yeah. Um, and I, I honestly, I feel like management, again, don't give a shit about members. They don't care about um, their fans. They have these um, pre-recorded Q&A questions that are filtered by the club. So we don't, you know, if I wanted to say a particular question about you know, uh, Pasco is the CEO, how he's run the club and all that. I can't say it because I know it's not going to get asked. So yeah. they don't have enough face-to-face. They just treat you as a, a commodity, but there's no value in you. It's just like, okay, you you give us money and here's your ticketed membership or, you know, ticket or member scarf and that's it. Yeah. I do believe, you know, upper management myself, do need an overhaul. Uh, yeah, I feel like the club's as a whole. There's the no identity years. at that club. Yeah, rather than I don't know who they are. Backwards. And how are we meant to attract star players with how how we are now? You know, it's... correct. I don't think matches the issue of attracting players. No, okay. no, it's not the problem. No. Yeah. It, it, it's 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 the staff around the club. It's yeah. the whole culture of the club. Because um, even a few years ago, like and um, I went I went to Concord to buy buy a new jersey, and um, the lady I was speaking to apparently at that time they were looking at relocating because of the the West Connects program um, up there, and they I don't know they might have been in the fire line, but obviously that's all fixed now. But I said, if you had, like, you know, realistically, this club should be based out of Campbelltown, MacArthur area, in terms of, you know, development, having a training base, having the squad trained there, and you leave a footprint in the MacArthur region. The lady I was speaking to was obviously working for the club in the merchandise, and she said to me, oh, it's too far, it's inconvenient, and there's nothing really out there. I'm like, okay, well, that's the problem with the club. You got staff there that don't give a shit. God, yeah. No, I'm sorry you went through that experience. It's yeah. Just... No, it's not an experience. It's just 
the stupidity of some people in that club that don't see the value of where your market is. Like, yeah. I, know, I know this is a rugby league topic um, conversation and and um, yeah. and and thing, but you look at Western Sydney Wanderers in the A-League. I mean, that's the club that I follow. But when we started off, we did a bunch of um, uh, meetings to 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 say what our name was going to be called, what our colours were going to be, what area where we wanted to play in, what areas we were going to represent, um, who we wanted to be as our coach or the first few players to be in our club. So we actually got a say in terms of what we wanted the club to be about. And now I'm actually hating the club of what it's become because it's become corporate like NRL clubs. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a shame to see, you know, a club that we both love, you know, the best Tigers become what it is now. And it's, you know, hopefully next season we see some improvements. But like you said... I I think there will be an improvement because I think Madge will still, like he'll obviously have another preseason with the boys. And I think he's gotten rid of some of the players that were deadwood to him. Um, And a lot of the young kids that did come through... um, you know that they were there. Um, they obviously hadn't played too much because of obviously with with reserve grade not playing because of COVID. But um, you know that's the experience that they'll learn this year into next season, and um, that'll be a definite improvement. I don't see him making the top eight. Um, Buzz Rothfield, I think during the week said that they'll probably get the wooden spoon, which will be a first in the club as a joint venture as a first. So. Let's see what happens. See what happens, you know. Um, Now, yeah, um, I think we've covered all we needed to talk about today, George. Thank you for your honest opinion. I know in the podcast sometimes we can be honest and we can say our point of view, but that's what makes a good podcast, you know. Is you you want authentic opinions and like like this, you know. Yeah. Feel like as well, people, clubs as well need to hear stuff like this in order. To grow and reevaluate, reevaluate and change. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. No, thanks for coming on once again, George. I think it's been a great podcast, and it was a good review of what's to come in the preliminary finals. Um, yeah, I, I reckon. To be honest, I see it as two grand finals in one week, with Manny versus Rabbits. Pretty much, yeah. Which some people that. have said could have been the grand final, as well as a grand final repeat as what most people would have thought would have been the grand final in Penrith versus Storm. So definitely we are going to be get spoiled this weekend. I forgot to mention one thing, the yeah. AFL grand final, George. Yeah. <laughs> What's your predictions on that? Because I'm um, an AFL person. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like, I'm not super into AFL like myself, but in terms of the way I see it, um, look, Melbourne Demons should win. On, on their recent form and, um, you know, where they all finish. In the, so Melbourne finished as minor premiers at the end of the season. Um, in their last five games, they only lost one at their last five games, whereas Western Bulldogs um, finished fifth and they lost their last three going to the, going to the final series. So, um, look, I... I it's hard to it's hard to pick because AFL grand finals are generally 
you know, it's meant to be one-sided, um, but there can be games where it can be super close or it can come in to the last kick. Um, I I see probably Melbourne Demons winning it, um, but only just. But I actually think that this is, this is a flip of the coin kind of kind of game. Yeah, um, Melbourne Melbourne Demons haven't won a, a flag I think since the early 50s, I think from memory, about 51, 52. Yeah. Um, and Western Bulldogs, their last grand final win was in 2016. So um, you got one of the oldest clubs in AFL going up against, I guess, a, a joint venture or a merged club in Western Bulldogs. So see what happens. But, um, yeah. It'll I definitely be a fascinating clash. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it promises to be a great week in, um, of finals footy as well as the AFL Grand Finals. So, and both Grand Finals this year are not played at their, I guess, home states or home spiritual home grounds. Well, yeah, like, it's not, but um, Melbourne Cricket Ground obviously can't do it this year because they're they're in Perth, and um, then our old Grand Final we played first time in Suncorp in Queensland, so. It's history in the making. You know, Queensland gets spoiled with the NRL Grand Final, which they've wanted for for years now. So they finally get it. Um, maybe, maybe Palaszczuk was the one that um, brought COVID to Australia, not the not, not, not overseas or anything like that. <laughs> she can get the Grand Final to Queensland. Yeah. Hopefully it's the first and last time and we get... <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> I need to go to the Grand Final. Even if my team isn't playing, it's just a good good festival day. You know, you see other people there that follow other clubs and they got lower grades as well. But there's also going to be the Queensland Cup Grand Final as well, I think, this weekend on, on Fox Sports as well. So keep an eye on that as well. So Who's playing in that match? Um... I can have a quick look for you. Just give me one second. I don't know why I brought that up now, but so the grand final will be played. Oh, what does it say to be confirmed? Um, no, because the grand final, sorry, will be the same week as the NRL grand final. Oh, okay, so, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, but keep, uh, yeah, sorry about that. Keep an eye out. So the two games that you got. Is uh, Tweed Sea uh, Seagulls against Redcliffe Dolphins, who actually happen to be one of the NRL expansion clubs in Brisbane, and then yeah. you've got um, the Bears. I think they're from Burley Bears, yep. And then you got the South Logan Magpies. So I'll Ooh. be definitely going for the uh, Magpies Mag in that one. Yeah, but um, yeah, if you are, if you want to keep an eye on that one as well, but obviously there's no. Uh, New South Wales Cup, so um, there'll be no interstate championship uh, grand final as well because of that. But um, if you want to watch that, you can definitely watch that on Fox Sports as well. So, yeah, definitely keep an eye on that because that also massive weekend of sport. I'll say that too. Oh, and definitely. Formula One as well this weekend if anyone's interested. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, there's so much to watch. You're not going to get bored. And APL <laughs> and our games are simultaneous kickoffs as well. What's that? Like our games in the EPL are simultaneous kickoffs. Oh yeah, oh, City versus Chelsea, 9-30, Man United and Aston Villa. Are um, any of us going to get any sleep? 
prime time, nine thirty p.m. Uh, uh, mate, it's a, it's a great time. I couldn't ask for a better time. You know, it's early, not too late. You know, it's... maybe COVID was a good thing for us. <laughs> yeah. I know. Uh, uh, thanks again, um, Daniel, for having me on. No, no, it's been a pleasure, George, and thanks for coming on once again. It's always good to have your analysis on on sports. Um, no you, you, you provide such great insight. So it's great well, I think I'm better than Buzz Rothfield. So, oh, so. Mate, by a mile, by a mile. All right, take care. All right, thanks again. Take care, man. And thank you guys once again for listening to another edition of Wise Words with Stan. Make sure to follow me on Instagram, known as Wise Words with Stan. Um, yeah, I'm on Wednesday and Saturdays will be my new um, days and my new um, times I will release new podcasts. So keep an eye out on that. Thank you guys once again.